it's interesting. When I was a little bit younger, this was probably in the mid, I don't want to say my age. It doesn't really matter, I guess. But I was, I was a much younger lad than I am now. I'll put it that way. And I remember when they had a federation at Cobo Hall down in Detroit back in the early 70s. And there was a speaker there that preached a sermon that I had never heard before, Elder Henry Wright. And when he preached that sermon, he was the first, time, he was the first person that I heard speak on this race before the flood. I never knew anything about him. And it just stayed in my mind. And when I went to Oakwood, I had a class um, with Dr. E.O. Jones. Vince was probably familiar with him. This is a guy that, uh, he, he, let's just say that he liked to intimidate his students. But um, he, we did, we did a, a paper, and I also interjected this information, and he was very impressed by it. And, so, and this is a ministry that I want to share, and I'm thankful for the Lord for allowing me the opportunity to share this. So I ask that you please pray with me as we walk through the historical timelines, because this is not stuff that we see every day, because we are so inundated with man's interpretation of things. I want to give you God's revelation of things. So I title this, as I say, though the rocks cry out, why aren't we listening? So we live in a world of lost identity. We're surrounded by things that make us ponder. We're struggling to find out who we are and where we came from. Hmm. Man chooses to default in the belief that our existence here is a byproduct of chance. We just popped up arbitrarily, they think. Hmm. Yet scientists try to convince me that my belief in God is a laughable ploy, a fantasy, or a mere figment of my imagination. But I have a few questions for you, of clarification for you, Mr. Scientist, Mr. Skeptic, Miss Evolutionist, that I would like you to ponder. They just launched the James Webb Telescope, a $10 billion project searching for early signs of life. There's another group called SETI, which is the Society for Extraterrestrial Investigation, are spending over $100 million a year listening and probing the cosmos. Yet, nothing has been detected. Where are they? Hmm. When it comes to our planet, thank you, where's the evidence to support their robust yet ever-evolving theories? Where's the evidence of transition from animals to man? How did all the animals and birds get their names? I know, but they struggle with that. How do we know with precise certainty that the carbon dating estimates of our Earth's age is accurate or, or not off by billions of years? Who was around to quantify this? Well. Scientists argue that all our technological advancements, are that, that, that we are now the smartest we've ever been, yet it's confirmed that we only use 10% of our brain capacity and intellect. What happened to the rest of it? Hmm. Man refuses to acknowledge the Bible, yet evidence screams symmetry of it. In actuality, we are left with a faith in, in one or two trains of thought in this world because we cannot, neither can denote a thorough explanation. The, you know, scientists run to proverbial brick wall of point of origin. Christians cannot quantify or explain a supernatural event or a miracle. It is our faith and faith in Jesus alone Amen. that is beginning 
of understanding. I'm reminded of Hebrews 11.3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that it was what was seen was not made out of things which are visible. That's what I'm trying to struggle with. God is a God of evidence, but faith is needed for fuller understanding. As even today, Adventist Christians squabble over the legitimacy of biblical and spirit of prophecy writings in harmony with one another. Today, we'll examine what evidence is out there. What are we left in your, and I'll leave it for you to decide. Where is our faith today? Please listen carefully as I divulge into this message entitled, Though the Rocks Cry Out, Why Aren't We Listening? Please bow your heads. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for just the privilege and honor of prayer. I pray that you would fill me with this spirit, fill us all, fill this place, Lord. Help us to have deeper understanding in you. These things we ask. Amen. Amen. Though the rocks cry out, why aren't we listening? See, how do we get here is the question of the day. Many seek to reason our existence. We are here by accident, many believe, or, or astronomical uh, phenomena. Popular scientific dogma states that we're the byproduct of a one in a trillion chance. Hmm. But confusion still reigns. See, I call it sophisticated lies because there's more questions than answers. The survival of the fittest, they say. They struggle with huge gaps. They guess it. They call it hypothesis. But no real answers are given as to our point of origin. Just time, time, and the passage of time. Where are they getting all this stuff from? Well, we're all familiar with the theory of evolution. We know that Charles Darwin, who, who, who was the one to propose this thing, we know that he wasn't the one, he wasn't the, the beginning of it all. This gold went all the way back to the antediluvians. When Adam, after he died, and his personal testimony started to wane, many of the wicked people who chose to, to believe in their own intellect and understanding, they began to drift further and further away from him. So we know that this is nothing new. But Darwin brought evolution to the forefront in modern scientific community. From, from his observations, Darwin assumed that all life, man, monkeys, fish, dinosaurs, birds, flowers and trees, etc., descended from common ancestry. The Bible doesn't say that. We see that, but even on his deathbed, and, and, and as he was in the waning years of his, his research and his life, he made the statement that's found in Origin of the Species, chapter 6, to suppose that the eye was all of his mutable contrivances for adjusting the focus of different distances, for admitting different amounts of light, for the correction of spherical and chromatic observations could have been formed by natural selection, seems, I confess, absurd in the highest degree. This is the great Darwin. That said this. Hmm. We know that the Bible is very clear. Genesis chapter 1 1, and we heard so, so adequately this morning that, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. If our scientists would just read that book, it would give us so much understanding. By the words of the Lord were the heavens made and, and all the hosts in them by the breath of his mouth, for he spake and it was. He commanded and it stood fast. Hmm. Well, we have to understand, and this is what science are perplexed over is that, as the Penitential Racist says here, the father and son engaged in a mighty wondrous act of and that they had worked that they had contemplated, meaning that we're no afterthought, we're no accident, we didn't just pop up. We are the part of a clearly strategic plan that he executed. That's who, how we got here. I, I didn't I didn't come from an amoeba. And, and they, they still struggle. If, if I came from a monkey, why are there still monkeys? But anyway, that's another question. 
So we go to Genesis chapter 5. So we have to understand, and this is what scientists struggle with. What is man? The problem with us as Christians, the problem with us as humans, as a people, we don't know who we are. The this penifest racing tells us that man wants to bear God's image, both in outward and resemblance and in character. Christ alone is the express image. The father, but man was formed in the likeness of God. His nature was in harmony with the will of God. His mind, and this is, this is where we have the caveat. His mind was capable of understanding divine things. Do you realize what that means? There's only one divine being. It's God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He created us like him. Hmm. Man was created by the immediate hand of God and is generically different from all other creatures. So no matter how much I train a monkey to play the piano, he can't worship. You can train a dog to go fetch a, a can of pop or, or beer or whatever people may train him to do, but, but, but he can't worship. We're only are given that ability. Genesis chapter 1 verse 5 says, that this is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the days God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Now, this is interesting because when we look at these genealogies, there's a big difference between their lifespan and our lifespan. What stands out to you? They lived a long time. And, and, and that's much different from today. Today, we barely get past 75, 80 years old. And we're, born, we're breaking down after that. But these were, it was vigor. They were, they were full of vigor. Why did, they, why did they have this type of lifespan? Well, uh, the Bible commentary says that the original vitality which was mankind was endowed, the superior piety and intellect that man was given, the superior quality of food available to them, and divine grace proponing the execution and the penalty of sin. But the main reason they had these abilities was that the pen of inspiration identifies that they, that the tree of life possessed the power to perpetuate life. And as long as they, Adam and Eve, ate from it, they could not die. That's interesting. That's why they were kicked out of the garden because they could not have access to this tree in this sinful condition. The lives of these antilumines were protracted because of this life-giving power of this tree which was transmitted from Adam and we, did, we see this after the flood. Now, before I get into uh, this, we have to understand that men before the flood and now are different. We, 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 they had massive intellect. They, they, they had intellect that, that, that they had 100% of their brain capacity. Do you realize what that means? Think of what we did with 10% of our brain capacity. Even with our AI technology today that we created, we still can't figure out how they built the pyramids. But anyway, that's another talk. You know, so. so that shows you how far they were in advancement. Now, we see effects of this post-blood vitality. We, we heard of Nimrod, the son of Cush, the grandson of Ham in Genesis 10.8. We see that he was the, the, the founder and developer and the architect of what city? You know that? What we've been studying in our past Sabbath school lesson, what was that great city? Come out of what? Nimrod was the one who orchestrated, built that. A Hamite, a man of color. We won't get into that. Sons of Anak, Anakin, these are Amorites. Remember when the Israelites, the spies went into the land of Canaan and they spied the land and they said, we came back with the report. I don't know, they, they had fortified cities. We were like what? Grasshoppers. 
They were men of great stature. Goliath of Gath, we're all familiar with that story. Scholars estimate him to be around nine feet tall. And then the battle of the Gathites, 2 Samuel 21, 20. David's brother is noted as killing and slaying a dragon from, uh, uh, slaying a, uh, a giant from Gathite. From, they said he had six fingers and six toes. <laughs> and then King Abishan, Deuteronomy 3.11. Now, I, I looked at the dimensions, and to be honest with you, you know, how many people have a king-sized bed? How many people have a, a super king? Have you heard of a California king? And then you got extra super California king. That's what he slept in. His bed was estimated 13 feet by 6 feet. Can you imagine that? <laughs> he was a big man. So where did they live? Ancient Mesopotamia. We see Mesopotamia means in the Greek, between the rivers, the rivers of the Tigris, the Euphrates, which flow through modern Iraq, some parts of northeastern Syria, parts of uh, southwestern uh, Turkey, and some parts of the Khuzestan province of southwestern Iran. So basically, they, the cradle of civilization at that time was where? The Middle East. That's what we call it today. That is where they're finding relics upon relics upon relics today. And even all over, this is all global. Now, this is interesting. Where did they go? What happened to these people? We heard our, 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 our scripture reading this morning, and I'll, I'll reread it for Genesis chapter 6. And if you have your Bibles, you can open up uh, with me. Now it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that sons of God saw daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And God said, my spirit shall not strive. This is the, one of the few times, the only time, where the God, the creator, regretted that he made us. The Bible says that. It didn't come from me. But yet, we know that in spite of all that, he goes through the, you know, we talk about how there were giants in the earth in those days and also afterward. See, many people misinterpret that. You know, some people misinterpret this thinking that there were giants in, 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 in you know, intellect, which they were. But, but these were big, tall People with 100% of their brain capacity, they're only focused on themselves. They, weren't, they didn't trust God. They, they believed in their own intellect. That is why when Noah was preaching to them for 120 years, they, they looked at Noah. They saw him building this big boat. They saw this big structure. Do you realize that whatever we have now is replicated? Nothing new under the sun. They had technology back then. They looked at him. They're like, what is that thing? They looked at and wondered, we, we, we could do this and we could do that. And that thing is just some big thing sitting there. There's no proportion. There, what is it there? They didn't believe, though, in what he was preaching. And so we know as a result, judgment happened. Genesis chapter 7. What happened in this, with this earth? You believe that? What happened with this earth? God sent a what? He sent a flood. You know, it's interesting, the pen of inspiration. And this is what I want to emphasize today. Many people struggle with the combination of utilizing what God says in his holy word and being expounded upon by, by the pen of inspiration. So Sister White is the only one that gives a little bit more com, uh, uh, detail as to what life was like back then. The Bible told us what happened, and the Bible, of course, is the main source of pointing us to Christ. But she provides a little bit more context. 
And she goes on to say that geologists claim to find evidence from the earth itself that is very old, much older than the mosaic record teaches. Bones of men and animals, as well as instruments of warfare, petrified trees, etc., much larger than any that now exists or that have ever existed for thousands of years have been discovered. And that is true. And from this, it is inferred that the earth was populated long before the time brought in view in the record of creation by a race of beings vastly superior in size to any man living now. Such reasoning has led many professed Bible believers to adopt the position that the days of creation were vast, indefinite periods. How many times do we see that? I can't even watch a nature program. I love nature programs. I sometimes I'm sad when I watch nature programs. But every nature program, because this is a, a crocodile from, from the pre-Cambrian era. How many billions of years and thousands of years ago? But anyway, we see that the earth was different before the flood and after the flood took place. See, when, before the flood, it's the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, 6 says, but a mist went up from the ground, from the earth, and watered the whole face of the ground. See, it never rained before the flood. So when, when, when Noah was preaching to them, he said, it's going to rain. They're like, well, what's rain? They understood all of the laws of nature. These guys, again, were, had massive intellect. They knew every, all, many of the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the laws of nature that we are, are learning today, they got it. They've been there, done that. But it's not about, you have to have faith. And they didn't have faith. And, says, and she goes on to say that the earth was not one extensive plain, but the monotony of scenery was broken by hills and mountains, not high and ragged as they are now, but regular and beautiful in shape. The bare high rocks were never seen upon them. It wasn't the high mountain ranges that we see today. And we see that, she says, that the waters were regularly dispersed. And we're going to go into that a little bit more in a minute. Now, this is interesting. A few years ago, this was on CNN, scientists discovered the remnants of a, of a rainforest underneath the, the ice of Antarctica. In fact, they, they, they said the numerous plant remains indicate that the coast of West Antarctica was back then a dense, temperate, swampy forest similar to the forest found in New Zealand today. In fact, this scientist, again, believing this 90 million years ago, you know how they are, Antarctica was, he says that it was a lush land full of flora, fauna, animals, and more. See, they're discovering this stuff. Remember the Bible tells us, when, when you read the pen of inspiration, she says that the event of the flood was so traumatic, we see that the earth itself pivoted 20 degrees where all these ice packs now uh, are occupied. It wasn't like that before the flood. We see that against consistency. Pangaea theory. Pangaea was proposed in 1912 by Alfred Wegener. This is the, the concept that, that, that the, the, the continents broke apart, that there was one supercontinent and something broke it apart. I wonder what that could have been. Hmm. They have proposed that this put, took place over 225 million years ago. I propose that it happened 40 days and 40 nights during the Great Deluge. Now, this is something that was rather interesting because Mount St. How many people remember Mount St. Helens occurring in 1980? This happened. There were some things that happened that they don't talk about because it doesn't make sense. See, here, this is what happened. They said three separate eruptions produced sedimentary-type layers, hundreds of feet thick. One, one was like a hurricane velocity uh, deposits that produced thousands of thin laminations up to 25 feet thick. Now, what's interesting and what they don't tell you was this hot mud flow not only diverted the river, but carved a 17-mile series of canyons 
up to 140 feet deep in a matter of hours. This completely usurps any of their theories. Because they're one of the, the, the fun, uh, fundamental theories, like the Grand Canyon and, and, and some desert formations and various rock formations all around the globe, they said it happened to happen over millions of years. This took place in a matter of hours. Completely disrupting. So they don't talk about it. You know, they don't talk about things they don't, they don't, you know, they don't understand. Further evidence of the flood. Every mountain range has marine fossils. Himalayas, Everest. Rocky Mountains. You can go up high. You will find evidence of, of crustaceans, of, of coral, of fish everywhere. You can tell the water overcame this earth. Massive gra fossil graveyards are all around. Many of the fossils are still intact. In fact, many of the, the mammoths that they, 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 they discovered that were impacted in ice, they said that they, have, they still have food particles in, it, in them. It's like they, they, were, they, they were eating when some great doom happened. Hmm. Sediment across every continent, features of all different sedimentary layers, which supports the fact this earth was overcome with water. Now, now I'm going to get into the meat of this, and I'm going to go through this very quickly. See, the Bible testified, Sister White expounded on, but what has really been discovered? And I think this is very important. Now, you see these formations here. This, is, uh, this one is in Gaia, Ethiopia. This other one is Giant Cedars of Lebanon. And the third one is the Devil's Tire in, uh, Tower in Wyoming. You're like, well, what is that? Well, what scientists have not disclosed is they, were, they took their little test kit to find out what type of, what type of uh, minerals these are. Because the difference between rock and petrified material, rock has minerals. But petrified stuff that was once living is all carbon-based. They discovered this thing. And when they pulled, their, their, their instruments would tell them, carbon, carbon, carbon. These weren't mountains. These are the base of trees. Sister White says that the trees were larger. Majestic, she calls them. Hmm. Now, for those of you who like insects, this is a dragonfly fossil that was found and they replicated. Now, if you can imagine, you're out in your picnic on Belle and some insect with 30-inch wing tip, you know, 30 inches, that's like, it's buzzing around you want, want a piece of your sandwich <laughs> as you're eating your choppers. Okay. That's be a little bit unnerving. But it was like that before. She says the animals, we go back to what she said, the animals were larger. This was a fossil found in the United States. It, it, was, it, it was an African lion, uh, similar to an African lion, but they call it an American lion. It was five feet tall, 11 half feet in length, and weighed roughly seven to 800 pounds. If you go to the zoo, the African lion is four feet tall, five and a half feet in length, and three to 500 pounds, exactly half the size of, 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 of the lions we see today. Again, which we, that this is evidence that they're finding. Now, this is a bird that was found. Now, if you can imagine that, I, my, my wife uh, used to have this little shih tzu. And I used to always joke around about that shih tzu getting carried away by a bird of prey. But can you imagine that? Flying around. That was real. This bird has a 22-foot wing lift and six, stands six feet tall. Peter Pinovich Brayson says that there's nothing new under the sun. Now, this is a little unnerving for me. You know, my mom will tell you that when I was young, I was kind of a little cavalier. I admit that I had a tarantula. Yes, I did. I don't know why I did, but I did. All right? But one thing I drew the line on was snakes. I don't like snakes. I, they, they give me the heebie-jeebies. 
This is Dr. Jason Head, who, who, who's from the University of Toronto, that is holding the fossil. In, in, in one hand, it's, 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 it's a 17-foot green anaconda. On the other hand, was a fossil that they discovered in a Columbia mining cave uh, you know, as, doing, doing uh, excavations. Look at the size of that thing. They, they basically, they estimated that this thing had to be 40 to 50 feet in length and maybe up to a ton of, of, of weight if it was still alive. Now, I don't know what I would do. I'll be honest. Well, if I saw that in real life, <laughs> uh, it would be such an easy meal. They like to use to kill their meals, but I think <laughs> he might not eat me because I'd probably be dead already. But this is what puts it in perspective. This is the Naka Cave in, in, in Thailand. And this is discovered in uh, Fulanga National Park in Thailand. And again, they did the same thing. This, this was a formation that looked like a snake. So they was like, well, this is interesting, Some, a snake-looking uh, rock. I've never seen anything quite like this. They did estimates of this thing. And remember I told you they, when you test certain, certain deposits, if it comes back positive for carbon, it was once alive. Can you imagine something of this magnitude? Slithering around. <laughs> what was, was, was once will be again. We see that giants in the land. We see that the Bible also talks about there were giants in the land. Now, this is interesting for me because I never really, I found the evidence of this. I found descriptions of it. But they don't talk about this publicly except within the last maybe five years. It's interesting that this uh, press clipping was back in 1882. And it was in the New York Times where they talked about the evidence of, of, of giant bones, of giant skeletons of, 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 that they, did, they just couldn't quantify. Didn't make sense because evolution, we're the best we've ever been. We've evolved. We're better than we've ever been. Where did these giants come from? They never, do you realize that for years, up until maybe eight years ago, the historical societies have destroyed evidence of this? They'll get rid of it. But, what this, but this is what, what, what I love about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is how, God, how good God is. They always denied the existence of this stuff. But you have, when you have too many people fighting the same thing, they can no longer deny it. And that is what happened. We saw recently on CNN, they talked about, uh, this was a few months ago, they talked about there were some giant bones that was found, and they tried to make it some archaic relic. But the fact of the matter is, they were bigger than us back then. We see that this was a, a, a skeleton that they actually found intact. They put back together again. And this was found in Laja region in, in, in south of Ecuador in a Peru a, a basin. And this was estimated to be about 14, 15 feet. You see the size the man is to the skeleton. Can you imagine that? In October 7, 1895, the World newspaper reported uh, uh, on discovery of giant Indian mummies, uh, roughly nine feet tall, near San Diego, here in the United States. The mummy was lost almost uh, like the mummy was most likely a female because it clutched the remains of a child at her breasts. We see that this is another, uh, 1933, and I was talking with another pastor about this. The Missouri State newspaper reported a find of a small resort town in the Ozarks. A local boy, Billy Hartman, this is the Billy Hartman account. He crawled into the caves, the Puckett Caves, by the uh, Merrimack River, searching for ancient Indian arrowheads, and he stumbled upon a whole cavity of caves full of these giant human bones. as eight, nine feet in, in, in length. Hmm. And then this one was found in, again in Ecuador. 
and, and this was actually unearthed. This is actually a real bone. I know there's a lot of fake news on the internet these days. But this actually is real. This has been confirmed to be an actual skeletal account of a former individual. Now, I'll take it one step further. What about the dinosaurs? How many people believe the dinosaurs existed? All right. How many people didn't believe dinosaurs existed? All right. Dinosaurs did exist. I actually, when I started this ministry, I um, reached out to a paleot of Adventist paleontologist um, at the Real Geoscience Research Institute at Loma Linda University. And he sent me a lot of information about some of his discoveries. And they, these guys are the ones who are, are in their Indiana Jones outfits. They're digging in caves, digging up, running around, trying to, and making all of these discoveries. They're taking all these bones. They're analyzing all this stuff. They're, they're utilizing uh, they're, they're all of their, their, their instrumentation. They're getting genetic screening. They're finding that these things were alive. They did exist. But this is where we get confused. Sister White says that if there was one sin above another, which was called the destruction of a race by the flood, it was the base crime of amalgamation of man and beast, which defaced the image of God and caused confusion everywhere. Do you realize that today, and Dr. Beckton, can, 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 he can attest this, that they're trying to clone people? Do you realize that they're doing genetic experimentation today? Those men had 100% of their brain capacity. They already figured out our, our, our genome. They were able to manipulate the genes of, different, of subspecies, cross-species manipulation. That's why many of the, the dinosaurs that they discovered, and Dr. Uh, uh, Raul Esperati was the one who confirmed this, they all had reptilian base, but they had mixed them with fish, with, with birds, with other, other creatures, with tigers or lions, whatever. But they, but they, they, they were intermingled genetically. Now, they, they had no limitations back then. We do now, and I'll explain that reason for that in a minute. But, but they, they had the ability to do this. And, 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 and that's just one, of the things, this is one of the things that upset the Godhead. They, they saw what man was doing. He was perverting the creation. And that's why it's very important to know that every species of animal which God had created were preserved in the earth. And conf the confused species that we call, remember, Sister White had a third grade education. She was not a scientist. She only articulated what was given to her in vision. She says that she called them the confused species, which God did not create, which were the results of amalgamation, were destroyed in the flood. Now, every scientist tells me that, the asteroid, that a, a big asteroid came and got rid of the dinosaurs. Well, where's the evidence to that? What else would it get rid of? Because there's evidence to prove that dinosaurs and humans existed Together, in, 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 in Texas, there's an old riverbed where they have footprints of, of dinosaurs and footprints of humans side by side. They found the same formations up in Canada. They found same, uh, similar uh, 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 formations in, in, in Russia. Can you believe that? Mm. So we see that the Bible does a test. Then, uh, when we talk about the antediluvians, as I said before, their mental and physical strength was so great that the present feeble generation can bear no comparison. These ancients had nearly 1,000 years to acquire knowledge. So, so let me ask you this. Have you heard of, of the uh, lost city of Atlantis? Anybody heard of that? What, what's your thoughts about that? Do you think it existed? 
I just want to read something to you, and I'm done, basically. I just want to be, I didn't want to be long. Now, when they were describing the lost city of Atlantis, it's interesting because when you go and read this, this book, and you talk, you know, when you, when you, they, they, they talk a little bit about it, it says that, this was, just, this was derived from Plato, they say he heard the story of Atlantis from his grandfather, who had heard it from an Alphian statesman, Salon, 300 years prior. Now, they got this information from an Egyptian priest who was bragging on his history. You see, if you really understand black history, you understand that many of the, the, the Greek philosophers, they went to Africa. And that's where they got all that information. The great enlightenment is our information, it's our info. They ain't nothing new. They weren't enlightened. Well, they were enlightened. They recognized, wow, this is some interesting stuff. But then they claimed it for themselves. Hmm. But what's interesting about this is that one of these priests was bragging about a city from their history. The fertile, beautiful city of Atlantis is believed to have been an autonomous region where, where people grew their food and reared animals. Farmers in the city used, uh, grow crops in fertile plains and in the outskirts of well-maintained uh, irrigation systems. They also built buildings and other architecture from black, uh, from black and red materials. They also had access to rare metals and, and even alloys like brass made, used extensive uh, crystals ex uh, extensively for leisure. This is how it was described. But check this out. They say according to mythological account, the city fell, uh, the uh, people fell, they became greedy and immoral. They, they, they angered their gods. This is the mythology standpoint. And who sent in a, a, a night of fire, earthquake, and a great deluge which destroyed the city. That's what their depiction. Now, when you read what the Sister White says, which I thought was rather interesting, she basically says that the human race had yet retained much of his early vigor, but a few generations had passed since Adam had access to the tree, which was the, uh, prolonging life. He said, there were many giants, men of great stature and strength, renowned for wisdom, skillful in devising the most cunning and wonderful works, but their guilt is giving loose rein to iniquity and was in proportion with their skill and mental ability. God bestowed upon these antediluvians many rich gifts, but they used their bounties to glorify themselves. They turned them to a curse by fixing their affections upon on the gifts instead of the giver. They employed the gold, the silver, the precious stones, the choice wood, and construction of habitations for themselves. They endeavored to sell one to another. It is my belief. Oh, and let me just read this last part. And in the green fields and under the shadows of the godly trees, they set up altars of idols, extensive groves. Now, I don't have it in this, uh, in this presentation, but I have a presentation of a city that was unearthed underneath the ocean. And they, they, the divers went down and discovered it. And one thing about that city is every, every corner of that city were, were, were places for were altars for their gods. We see this. Sister White talks about this thing. They're confirming all of this. And we all know, Genesis chapter 7, that the God destroyed this earth with a flood. So, so as I tie this message up, God will respond to us. See, it takes more faith to believe in unprovable science into a living God. God gives us evidence of his existence. All we have to do is ask and observe. You know, many times I've, I've had new, many discussions with, with evolutionists and, and guys, scientists who don't, don't believe in the Bible. And, and of course, you know, I, I put that in my intro because I, people scoff at our belief in God's word. But when I start asking them all their questions, they back it up. Well, they have no answer. They have no recourse. See, here's the thing. Adam was put to sleep when Eve was created. 
So we don't know how God did it. Man doesn't have the capability of uh, uh, technology advancement to get past point of origin. They always run back to the same spot. What was the first? So it gets to a point where we must have faith in what what thus says the word. He is the one that's going to give us deeper understanding. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So we see that, that, that what is faith? Faith is the knowledge that God can do whatever he wants to and that he is working in our favor. The Bible describes faith as a substance. Do you understand what substance is? In the Greek, it's, 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 uh, the word is hypostasis, meaning essence. Actual being, reality, confident assurance. Basically, substance, you know, in, 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 in the Webster's Dictionary, the real physical matter of which a person or thing consists and which is tangible. Solid evidence. Solid. This is not a hypothesis or, or concept. We see that, 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 that God has given us something that is tangible for us to hold on to. That's why we all have, should have an element of faith. We wake up in the morning. What kept our heart pumping all night? Was it our brain? What kept our brain functioning all night? Was it the heart? What, what, how did our body survive it through the night? We don't even know what's going on around us when we're asleep. That's evidence. Mm, there's no such thing as blind faith. Genuine faith always rests upon the firm underlying substance of sufficient evidence to warrant confidence in what has not yet be seen. See, God has given us enough. We've been in many times where we've gone through this life and things have happened that we can't, ex- can't explain. There were jobs that you got you weren't qualified for. There were tests you passed you didn't study for. You were on your way to work one day and, 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 and you're about to be T-boned and, and, and all of a sudden you, 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 you were thwarted at the last minute. What happened? Evidence. Evidence is described as lacos. In the Greek, meaning proof, conviction. Faith is not an abstract belief that evidence exists, but a settled assurance based on confidence that God will fulfill his promises. We can't quantify this stuff. I don't argue with people anymore when it comes to evolution versus creation because I can't explain it. I can't explain nothing. All I can do is tell them that I believe God did it and if, and if you think I'm wrong, pray and ask the Lord to reveal to you his will and his, 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 his person to you. He will. That's the difference between evolution versus creation. See, I could pray to a God that gives me evidence. I could pray to a God that, that gives me signs of his existence. I could pray to a God that speaks to me. Amen. Mm. You see that eroding the faith and the belief in the creator further undermines celebration of the acts of creation. And we see that that's what was going on in the last days. We see that these last, this last day struggle is not going to be about, it's not going to be about uh, COVID. This last day struggle is not going to be about LBGQ rights. This last day struggle is not going to be about race relations. This last day struggle is strictly about a day of worship. Do we acknowledge God as the, as the Savior? Do we acknowledge him as the creator of, the, of all that we see today? That's what it's all going to be about. Mm. We have to understand. The Bible is very clear in Luke 19, 40, that But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if, there should, if, if, if that these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Many people look at that and say, well, that was, that was, a, you know, that was hypothet- you know, hypothetical. No, we don't, we don't know what it was. 
Because we, you read the pen of inspiration, and they talk about the events of the cross. It, the, 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 the events of the cross, it says that, that the sun refused to shine. Now, it didn't say the sun asked man, we should, the sun, a ball of gas, refused to shine over its crater on the cross. So we don't know. <laughs> we can only hypothesize what that means. There's so much that we don't understand as humans here, particularly now as, as, as we're subjected to sin. We, we've fallen so far away from God's ideal. So as I conclude this message, we have to understand that history is repeating itself. Luke 17, 26 says, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be also in the days of the son of man. We're starting to see that men are, are, are having this callous attitude, just like they did before the flood. They, they, they could care less. We, we're, we're so focused on our activities, our things that we're doing today. We're, we're, we're partying, hardy. Everybody is, is screaming about their, their rights. I got my rights, my rights, my rights. Not even realizing what's going on. Do you realize what happened this week? Do you realize that there were two major uh, decisions that were made by the Supreme Court? That was very impactful. It's like they're trying to turn back the clock. Just like that. In a matter of a few days, everything's gone back. We all heard about the, 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 when, when, you know, the whole thing on, on abortion. Why was that so dangerous? As Christians, we need to understand what's going on behind the scenes. It was not about the rights of you. It was the fact that they made a decision not based on constitutional law. It was based on their beliefs. That's not their right. That's not the role of Supreme Court. Their role is to, is, is to preserve the Constitution but yet they're making decisions based on their religious convictions. Hmm. That should tell us something. We're getting closer to God's return. God is the God of evidence, Acts 14, 17. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness that he did good. He gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with uh, food and, and gladness. You know, people ask, I had one person ask me, why does God need to leave, uh, leave evidence? How, how do you know that? I said, just read your Bible. When, when, when after Christ's resurrection, when, when, when he, he went to his father to, to, to say, Lord, is, is, am I worthy? And, and he came back down to this earth. The first place he went was where? The disciples. They were all huddled up in a closed room. They were in a closed door. But, but he popped up among them. They're like, where did you come from? He wanted to demonstrate that I'm still God. But he also wanted to demonstrate to them, but I'm a man. What you got to eat? I want, I'm hungry. And he sat down, give me something. And he ate some fish. Yes, he did eat some meat. And we see that he ate. He wanted to demonstrate to them. And even for those who, who that wasn't enough, even doubting Thomas, he said, you don't believe it's me? I don't know, Lord. I, I, I don't believe you. He was well, still willing to, to meet him halfway. He put his hand out. Touch me. Fill my wounds. And he did that. He's willing to do that even for us. There may be men who are struggling with this thing. It's just real. It's this Bible real. It's the spirit of prophecy truly authentic. We see that, that, that there's no way that a woman with a third grade education can, can articulate some of the things she articulated. That ain't come from her. How in the world would she know about the level of complexity even speaking it on a general term, unless somebody gave it to her. Hmm. 
And then finally, Christ's coming is as advertised. See, see, see 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, For the Lord himself will descend from the heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. What, what I wanted to demonstrate to you today was that the Bible is not a book of cunningly devised fables. That, that what happened in the Bible happened. They're finding evidence of all of these things. That the, the Lord is a God that as the closer we get to the return of Christ, he's scattering all these remnants and they're discovering all this stuff. The problem is we're not there because we're so busy. I don't know what we're so busy doing. But the fact of the matter is they're finding stuff. And, 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 and they're like, wait a minute. This doesn't make any sense. But if they read the Bible, it's like putting pieces of a puzzle together. Now you start to make sense. We have to understand that God said it. There's evidence that had happened. So we now know that all future events are going to take place just because God said it. And that's what we have to consent on. That's what we have to put our hat on. That's to, that's to hold our head up high. We have to understand when we hold our heads. I, you know, one, one thing I've learned and one thing I went when I was reading the Bible is I recognize that when Christ was in the, the, the synagogue and, and he was teaching these, these scholars and they were trying, they were t- trying to teach him, he got up and started speaking. And then they started getting quiet. Wow, who is this guy? As a young lad, with, with such wisdom. And I recognize that's when I, when I read that, I re- realized that I am not going to let no spiritually dim scientists tell me that I'm crazy because I, I believe in a God. You don't understand the God that we serve. God will come out of a whirlwind, and he may ask you one day. He may be inquisitive to you. Where were you when I laid down the foundations of this world? Now you stand up like a man and answer my question. I'm not intimidated by what man believes because God doesn't care what man believes. That's not going to stop him from doing what he's already done. And I'm so thankful for that. And at this time, I'm going to pass the mic over. I'm going to let my daughter come and sing a special song of consecration. But before she comes, I just want to say that we should not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we should let everybody know that he's coming back again. And, 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 and evidence has proven that. How, like I said before, we, we've never been exposed to smoke. Like this, from, what, from forest fires. I, I, my mom, she's been around a lot longer than me, and she corroborates. I don't remember anything like that happening. We see the crazy things uh, that's happening. We, 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 we see even the, 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 the division that exists. You, you got five billionaires go down into a sub, and they're obliterated. But yet you have 700 migrants that that boat capsized. You barely hear Pete about them. Where's our priorities? But it doesn't matter because God has told us that it's going to get worse and it's going to get worse and it's going to get worse. But fear not. I'm overlooking. I see all this that's going on. Don't let your heart fail for fear because I am in control. And that lifts me up to know that, because that, I get discouraged as well. I watch the news. I'm thinking, why, what, what's all, why is it that I can't, hold, I, I, I can't hold my phone in my hand, but yet I could buy me an assault rifle? What sense does that make? We, our priorities are mixed up because these people are under the influence of the enemy. 
but it doesn't matter because we as a church have a responsibility to let others know. When they see all these things and their hearts, uh, uh, they tremble in fear, let them know, fear not, because we have a God that loves us so much. May God bless. I'm just going to have a quick word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much for all the blessings you bestowed upon us. Thank you for allowing me to share this message. And let, lifting people up, letting them know that there's evidence of your existence. There's evidence of your miracles. There's evidence of your judgment. You, that your, This flood was an act of judgment. You destroyed them for their lack of trust in you. And you said it again that you're coming back, that you're going to eradicate the sin from this world. Now we have evidence to know, to build our faith to make our calling and election sure with you. Thank you for these promises, Lord. Amen. Amen. May God bless you.